0: And we're back. Let's see if I remember how to do this. Uh, three and a two and, uh. A... And now your feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter rem- <laughs> removed. removed? <laughs> <laughs> He's been banned. It's been a while, everyone. What? I almost had it. I almost had it. I'm back, baby.
1: Let's <laughs> ride, Matt. Let's ride. His, name's,
0: his name is Eric Marchand. How are you? Uh, Matt,
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm a little I'm rusty,
0: as you can tell.
1: It, to quote the great one, Stained, it's been a while.
0: Um yes, you know, I don't turn my back on family, so I am back. Um yeah, it has been a while. Um I will go more into detail of why that was, but people who follow me on, you know, Twitter and and, and know me probably know why I had to take some time off, but uh you know, our last review was probably what Scream, Scream? 6, 6, yeah. Yep. And then um which was kind of I don't know if anyone could tell, but I was in uh, a rough headspace even when we were recording um that and a couple of reviews we did around that time but uh i am refreshed i am feeling much better mentally and physically um and you know after some time off i am very excited to be back and doing this again i missed talking movies with you i missed going to the movies um and what better way uh to make my return uh than the return of dominic Toretto? and the fast family cuz <laughs> <laughs> you know fast x is out and like i said you can't turn your back on family i can't turn my back on family eric you are my family i am so excited to be back to talk about louis Leterrier's fast <laughs> 10 <laughs> <laughs> woo uh, yeah i will get better at the intro but um anyways yeah i'm excited i can't wait to talk about this uh i'll talk about everything else in the main show eric and i will be back with probably bi-weekly episodes of the main show. Uh, We'll be back with reviews as often as we want to review movies. That's kind of how we're going to approach it now. Uh, It might be every week. It might be just the movies that we want to hit up. I'm going to take it slow at first, but I do want to talk to Eric about uh blackberry i do want to talk to eric about guardians of the galaxy uh volume three um i still have other movies to catch up with like uh bow is afraid and dungeons and dragons and other things like that that'll be probably uh watching when they come out on vod um but today it's fast 10 and eric Fast ten your seatbelts because we're about to start. What How a missed oppor-
1: what a missed opportunity yeah. that is not to have the title fast ten, you know, fasten your seatbelts. Uh I'm I'm good, Matt. You know, like it was it was fun. It was strange because uh, the, the the promo screening was at the Queensway Cineplex, which is usually- My home theater now. Yeah. And and, and, and a little bit out of the way for people that are in the downtown core. Uh, so getting out there was was kind of interesting. But on top of that, it was- Super also...
0: easy for me, like a 15-minute drive. It's well, great. I almost yeah. Okay. Want to we get it. it. That, Everything's that working was... for you. No, it was one of the reasons though of like, okay, maybe this will be the one where I go to a screening and I commit to doing a review for because it was a little bit easier to get to. You know, my wife Nevis came with me. Like it's it was only a 15-minute drive, and this is all shit no one cares about. If you're joining us for the first time, this is what we are. So we'll get to the movie in a second, okay? There's time codes. I can see the one YouTube review already
1: commenting and just being like, What the hell is this? When it starts
0: if I don't put time codes. Yeah. Uh, But it was out in uh, in Etobicoke, which is weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was it was fun because like it was nice seeing just you and Nevis there, but also, you know, talking beforehand. You had some salty nuggets. So uh, it was a good night. It was a good night. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, with all of these screenings, they are always at a weird time where you don't have enough time to cook dinner. um, So you have to resort to theater food. Um, so I got some impossible chicken nuggets. So some fake chicken nuggets and some French fries, saltiest things I've ever had in my life. Um, but it's stuff like that. It's the little things, Eric. And like, you know, we'll talk guardians was the first movie, not the first movie, but the first movie I went back and I was in a really good headspace. And, uh, it re- reminded me of that. I love not that guardians is the best movie of all time, but it hit me at the right time where I was like in a weird headspace where I wasn't going to the movies much, but it was something I really wanted to see. And the MCU being in a spot, where uh you know i'm kind of mixed on it but then you know james gunn with guardians just uh kind of really kind of nailed what i was looking for at a very specific time in my life and it made me quite emotional but then it made me really have that urge to be excited about movies again, which is weird, uh because I wasn't for a little while, so like something like Fast Ten, which just kind of crept up on me because I haven't been focusing on film and movies, not in fact I shouldn't even call this a film um but a movie <laughs> or something an art I've been installation for, yeah i'm I'm excited for moving pictures on a screen. <laughs> Um, the pictures, so, you know, and then seeing Blackberry, which then hit me at the right time. And then seeing fast 10, um, I think this is such a, a stupid, silly franchise. Um, but I was, it, it just was at the right time of my life for it. That's what I needed. I just needed to watch something super dumb explode on screen be fun and awful at the same time and then that's kind of um you know how i felt after this movie so before we get into it and you know elaborate on that um if you're joining us for the first time welcome uh if you're returning because uh i haven't been around and eric's been holding down the fart doing some interviews you guys should go check out those out on the (laughs) i thought you said fart there for Um, a second (laughs) holding down, Eric's holding in a fart um (laughs) we're trying something different now where we're going to start releasing our reviews on the release date. Uh, so fast 10 is out in theaters. Now you guys can go see it. Um, the intro will be much shorter than this. Uh, usually it's just because we haven't done this in a while where we're kind of catching up beforehand. Uh, but Eric and I want to do a thing where we're doing very brief kind of, do we recommend the movie spoiler free? I know super original, no podcasts or other YouTube channels ever do this cutting edge. Yeah. Um, uh, give you a quick should you go see this movie did we like it did we not like it and then immediately go into you know full-blown analysis of the movie with all spoilers because I feel like Eric and I really liked our discussions on the HBO Last of Us show and we always love the spoiler cast that we do and we feel like we get like a much better conversation when we're not tiptoeing around certain details and things like that and I feel like when people consume Podcasts and especially movies about podcasts. I feel like they're either coming in for a very quick do should I go see this movie? Or they're coming in for I saw this movie and I want to hear people talk about it in detail, right? Like with the same spoilers and things that happened instead of us going, well, there's a really cool part in the third act, but you can't talk about it. And like that's not saying that we won't do that moving forward for certain really big movies that have like an embargo beforehand, like, but the, we'll try to keep those short and and short for us is. We say 10, 15 minutes and it ends up being two hours like later intro. <laughs> yeah. Two hours <laughs> later. Um, So who knows But moving forward, we're going to try this something new. We're not really going to put out things early unless it's something like really, really big. Cause then that way I feel like we can have um, a better conversation about it. Not saying that fast isn't really, really big. But, no,
1: we're um, saving those for movies like book club, the next chapter, yeah, no, those big yeah. ones
0: yeah exactly um but without further ado eric i will throw it over to you first uh your quick reaction to fast 10 part one of three
1: (laughs) i think that sums it up perfectly uh it's it's you know uh meathead cinema uh at its most extreme And if you're a fan of the franchise, you will continue to buy into the cult of family, uh, which is very representative of this movie in particular. Um, I think Vin Diesel at this point realizes that this is his, you know, bread and butter and he does not want to let go. Hence announcing a third film on the Rome, you know, premiere, Carp Red Carpet. I'm pretty sure
0: Universal didn't even know about that. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) wait,
1: what? (laughs) Uh, and so when you're when you're watching the movie, if you if you get a joy of that or, or have a connection to the characters or the performances, performances in quotations, um, you'll probably enjoy this. But if you're somebody that's more of a casual viewer, I think that this is going to really test your patience, especially not not even with the kind of very stiff, archaic kind of dialogue and melodrama, but more so with. The action. I think that you know these movies have kind of shifted gears, so to speak, in a in, in a pun where you know since five they've really upped their game with the action set piece. Um, but at the same time, a lot of these movies do tend to blur together, and it's really hard to kind of pick anything out from this specific. Uh, ride that really stands out other than a flaming bomb that's rolling down the streets of Rome. And really, the only reason I remembered that is because I kept thinking this is weird, like corporate synergy and unintentional marketing for Oppenheimer (laughs) in in a way. And so when you're when and that's what I and also because I mean, I mentioned book club, but book club, the next chapter also takes place in Italy. And they're in some of the same spots that that kind of big sequences taking place so i was laughing at that as Same well members, right um the most and this is going against the movie in terms of what it's doing because you, you're not I, I think it's in on the joke at times but there are moments where it is very sincere and that's actually when it's it's best or funniest but i don't know if that's intentionally what vin diesel and the tour louis know. Leterrier really want but when vin is trying to actually be a dad to little b uh little brian so funny it is amazing it's like watching tommy wiseau and neil breen interact with people and it just feels like vin diesel the further he's become a movie star the less sort of attached to reality he's become and those scenes are very funny because it does feel like it's a robot sort of interpreting what fatherhood is
0: an ai if you will (laughs) the first movie written by ai but it's just vin diesel um yeah i kind of completely agree with you so i'm assuming you're recommending it if you're a fan of the franchise and if you're not at this point you never will be
1: no exactly it's it's impenetrable and
0: that's what that and and
1: and again that's not a bad thing it's just that it's i think fast movies
0: in no yeah i
1: think fast five was the movie that not only changed the direction as i already mentioned but it it invited more people in because before that it was still kind of known as this kind of grotty exploitative you know tna cars and you know tank tops Mm -hmm. and things like that. But then when it became kind of a, a a faux mission impossible sort of style film, I think that brought in a wider audience, but now it's gone to the point where, you know, they've gone to space. They've, they've, they've jumped the shark in so many ways
0: that you can, Yeah. yeah,
1: that you can only do so much with this franchise at this point that it does feel exhausting after a while.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much on the exact same page where I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I laughed probably more than anyone in that entire theater. I laughed nonstop um, at every sincere piece of dialogue delivered by every character. Um, I thought, you know, I'm with you where whenever it's trying to be funny is probably where it's least enjoyable. (laughs) Um, The action sequences are... Fun, but I also, fun, but forgettable in the sense where I'm with you, where it's kind of in one eyeball and out the other. When you think about these movies as a whole or the saga as a whole, you'll remember certain ones, but you won't remember what movies they're from. Um, and this kind of continues that where you'll go, okay, there's the flaming ball one, but then by fast 10, three, are we going to go, was that in the first fast 10 or the second one? Was that in fast nine? And then like, and that's kind of what this franchise is and has become. And I love every second of it. Like <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so awful. Um, it gets so ridiculous where in any other franchise, if they retconned as much shit, um, as they do in in this saga or this franchise uh you'd roll your eyes or you'd go like come on and like but that's where I'm cheering when I watch these movies. Every time they retcon something, I'm like, "Absolutely, he was standing right outside the frame the whole time." That's absolutely amazing and yes, please do more of that. When every time someone walks in is like, "I'm actually the daughter or son or cousin or or hairdresser of this person." You're like, "Fuck yeah, you are." Yeah, you are. And then like it's that kind of stuff where it kind of it goes so far off the deep end where it comes out on the other side and you're like, "I am down" Just go as stupid as possible. Make this as melodramatic as possible. I said this to you when we were sitting there and I tweeted it too, where it reminds me of like a live action Saturday morning cartoon soap opera right like it's that thing where you'd go to the store and you would see the ninja turtle toy and there'd be like or the batman toy where you know it's some ridiculous costume you've never seen in the tv show or the ninja turtles are playing volleyball or some bullshit and you're just like um you're like that's not from the show but it works because it's like an action figure of the cartoon where i feel like this is like a live action adaptation of a cartoon's action figures toys and it's just like but those toys have more chemistry than vin diesel (laughs) and michelle
1: rodriguez
0: sure oh yeah there's stuff like that that just like and i there's problems with this movie even if you're a fan of, of of fast where I think there's so much good and it's so ridiculous. And, um, but then there's also times where they cut to characters and they don't give them much to do or anything like that. And like, um, it is very much set up for the next two movies. Um, and things like that. But, um, I had an absolute blast watching it. I feel like at this point you kind of know what you're getting into. I know people have had some criticisms of, you know, fast seven, no fast eight, eight and nine. So you're yeah, doing eight, it. 15, it's 15, happening 15. already. Where yeah, see? It all blurs where I'm like seven. They liked or not. I forget. Seven like, was the, me, the one all...
1: with which, which, which was, was when Paul Walker passed away yes, during the off. making yes. off and it was the yeah. send off. And then like, even, even with where characters come and go, you think like, Oh, what was the one with like the, the, the runway? And it's like, that was six, right? So that's the yeah. one where this yeah. character, and that's dies, exactly what or... this franchise is. And yeah. I,
0: you, you just got to buy into that and be okay with it and I am okay with it. Like I feel like every Fast and Furious movie at this point after Fast 5 I'm like, yep, more Fast and Furious. Like that's the end of your criticism. It's just like there're moments and and certain moments of dialogue or c- character reveals or whatever that you'll pop for or whatever. Um but as the stupider it gets um which isn't a word but the better. Um and then quickly before we go into spoiler stuff which we'll talk about this character more. Um, but Dante Reyes from Jason <laughs> Momoa, probably the best villain in Fast and Furious history, he's doing his version of the Joker, and it is incredible. He is so unhinged and perfect. Like, right when they cast Momoa for this, you're just like, Oh, that's that's perfect. He absolutely should have already been in 10 of these movies. Um, but so when he shows up and he just gives this absolutely unhinged um Joker-esque performance with certain sequences where i'm like what the fuck are they even doing (laughs) like it just seems like what tom hardy was trying to do with venom um where someone was just like hey jason do whatever the fuck you want and make it as weird um not even weird but just eccentric as you you would want it just say the most ridiculous shit or do whatever you want and it will put it in <laughs> like none of it felt scripted to the point of just being like, Momoa, just just be a freak, dude. And then he went off and was a freak. And like, it's so stupid and so over the top and so funny. And um, his performance, I think, is legitimately good for what this movie is. Um, not saying he's going to get an Oscar nomination or anything. Um, God, Could you imagine? He's he's so perfect in this movie that you have to say like he's the star of the thing and he is the thing you will remember right like he is the thing that you will take away from this movie and some of the horrible sequences of Dom and his son like um so anyways, I I think you should go see it uh, (laughs) little B which doesn't make any sense we'll get into all of that so anyways I said a quick intro and we're already twenty minutes in we probably could wrap now but like I definitely think. You should see the movie if you like these movies, which is the most lazy um kind of criticism ever. But there's um, a truth to that, I and think. And if you haven't and a valid yeah. like it's valid um, to say like And you were gonna see it anyway, so you're probably gonna stick yeah. around for the spoiler part because if you're listening to this, it's not like well, I don't know if I should watch Fast Ten. It's just like, okay, was it better than eight and nine? I personally liked it more, I think, than eight and nine, but maybe that's recency bias and maybe because I liked Momoa so much. Um, How much can you remember, though,
1: in eight and nine?
0: That's a great point. That's what I mean. So I think I will remember Momoa more than I remember anything in eight and nine. Does that make sense? Like it it does cipher back again or having like, you know, whatever (laughs) with a normal haircut, you know, again, I don't remember much from eight and nine or Hobbs and Shaw. Right. So like it's uh, I think that's why I'm riding a bit of a high where I I really liked Momoa so much in this that, yeah, the action is feels kind of after, you know, six, seven, eight, they all kind of blend together. Um, and this doesn't change that. And nine too. The thing I remember most about nine is that universal logo, the eighties universal logo at the beginning, just bursting out laughing right away. <laughs> so I'm like, that's incredible. Why is this movie starting with that? And then there's that flashback sequences and I like those flashback sequences, but like, um, that's what I remember from that movie where it's like, looks like it's shot on film and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is inspired. This, this franchise is incredible. Um, so anyways, I think you should go see it. Um, if you're listening and you're 20 minutes in already, you're probably have seen it already. So we'll cut it there and we'll, uh, move on to, uh, the spoiler part. So Eric, now with the, uh, Uh, We don't have to pump the brakes anymore. We can go. Well, this is a a literal spoiler cast
1: and there are spoilers in these cars. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to talk
0: about that. So, um, so I don't know where the hell to start, but like, when you have Dante talking to the dead guys, I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this? And like, There's so many unhinged moments from Jason Momoa, the Super Mario Brothers thing. Um, Here we go. (laughs) uh, Just you can name, you can name like a million different things. Um, Where do I else do I want to start? I I don't even know where the hell to start, but like John Cena fucking exploding, you know, he's going to come back in part three. Um, You have uh Giselle showing up at the end you have the the rock showing up in uh the post credit scene um those are just throwing out the things Brie know, Larson is Mr. Nobody's with,
1: daughter yeah. um
0: right you know it's going stuff back like that which is
1: I was just, just gonna say going back to the Momoa thing because I, I saw a, a video of him talking about like I think it was maybe his letterbox where he was talking about some of his favorite movies four of his favorite films and one of them he mentioned was the shining and that jack nicholson is his favorite actor and that scene that you're referencing with the two dead bodies and he's talking to them is very yeah. much out of tim burton's batman 89 when the joker shocks yeah that one mobster and then when the other mobsters leaves he has that conversation with the fried uh, uh baddie and he's like kill them all? That's a great
0: point, yeah. You're you're
1: one mean son of a bitch! And even when he is taking that bomb and you know, controlling it, and he talks to the guys that he, that are working for him now because he's forced them into doing so because he's captured family members, kidnapped he's, their families. Yeah. yeah,
0: he says like a lot of weird, dark shit that is weirdly comedic. <laughs> send
1: it, to, send it to the Vatican. Okay, you guys are going to hell. You know, and and he is yeah. having such a good time that when you're watching this movie like you said in in our spoiler free review the thing that you take away from it is this performance kind of being introduced into this world and it is very similar to fast 5 in that way that one of the big highlights of that movie was when the rock was introduced you know as hobbs and kind of stole the show in a lot of ways so you're getting you know these two characters at these two different points in the franchise reigniting some interest in, in something that's been going for so long. But that's also where I think some of the problems comes in because, or comes into play because you have a film that is directly referencing five to the point where they're using archival footage to retcon what happened in that fifth movie, but they're still using the footage. Two reasons why that is a problem, or at least why I think it kind of hurts this movie. One Fast Five is a better film than Fast X, uh, in my opinion. And so you're just thinking about how good that yeah, movie is in, compa- in comparison. So when you're comparing the two, the, the second thing that I think is a little weird is that you see Paul Walker in some of those scenes as as Brian. And in the present day sequences, the movie that was made last year, there's really no reference to Brian at all in this
0: movie, and yeah, and they're just flat out ignoring part him, even. Yeah, and with Dante wanting revenge, you'd think he'd also want revenge on Brian, right? Because yes. like they were, I know it's Vin who lets Brian drive away, and then you know he, whatever. Even the reveal at the end with, um uh, Hobbs, um, he was the guy who actually killed. It's it's very silly again like a lot of you have to throw, you know, um reason out the window in, in when you're watching these movies because again, even with the Brian stuff, naming his son little Brian, little B, um <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. It should have been Paul, you, dude, but I I don't think if I had a if I even then, I guess like that's meta enough where in in the universe it wouldn't be weird for him to name the kid Paul, but we have that as a viewer knowing like, again, that makes more sense. I agree with you than him naming him Brian, because say I have a kid right now, Eric. No offense. I love you. I'm not naming my kid, Eric. That's weird. Like, But that would I'm also not, be strange because it.
1: I mean, like it, it, I think it'd be a harder comparison. It'd be like if we played characters on like a TV show or something like that, and then you named your kid after but you gotta- the character I played on a show instead of.
0: No, Me. because in in the universe he's naming it after his actual friend. Like he's right, naming right, right. Brian, Brian, right. So like it is that one to one. But he's not, universe, he's not. He's not his best friend,
1: and he's not dead. Like that's the that, that like like that's Bri- what like I mean. Brian, like you're yeah. alive.
0: Like if you died and you're my best friend, I'm. You go okay. I might want to honor you. I'm going to name one of my sons, Eric, because he was my best friend and I miss him. And, you know, I, I want to honor his legacy that way, but in that universe, he's not dead, which therefore, when you're watching the movie, like you said, every time Mia is around or, which is also bizarre because she's looking
1: after, Little B at one point before because everybody else is in Rome and 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 kind of where's Brian
0: just out grocery shopping? What's like they they also
1: have children, right? So you're thinking to yourself, yeah. Wait, so Mia is babysitting
0: Brian, but doesn't she have her own family to look after? So that's what I mean by you kind of just have to add that to all of the ridiculousness of these movies and go. They wanted to give Brian the character. A nice send off because the real actor passed away and they didn't want to kill him off because they felt like maybe it would be tasteless or or whatever or not honoring him. So they just let him walk off into the sunset and he doesn't want a part of this anymore. He's he's not a part of this. But sometimes you don't have a choice in that, right? When you yeah. when you think of this, with all of this shit that's happening to your sister, to your best friend, to your family, I'm using air quotes, everyone, um, you, there was no reason why Brian wouldn't have a phone call with um dom why he wouldn't have a phone call with his sister and maybe this happens off camera but they can't have it because and like you don't want to use digital ai stuff and recreations with his brothers like you just it that feels icky even though i feel like they probably will by the end of this uh trilogy that they're doing with the last thing so i'm with you on all of that but then i buy into it of just going Okay, the soap opera nature of this, the ridiculousness of it, that's part of that ridiculous. The retconning, the Brian not being around, the everyone's related kind of thing. Like that's what I meant in my spoiler-free stuff where I cheer, maybe not the Brian stuff. I'm not cheering for. Like Brian's not here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm wow. not doing that. But like, it's I'm no, I don't mean no, I like don't. I just mean the character. <laughs> like, okay. I I am I am going. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense that the character's not around. Even if he wants to protect his kids, um it doesn't make sense that Dante wouldn't be going after him. It, it might make, make a little sense more sense he's...
1: though if if Maya was not a part of this story as well. But because yes, Maya's yeah. there, you're constantly thinking about that a little bit more. It's like, okay, well, yeah. I I think and and
0: and it's cool that Jordan Brewster still, wasn't there, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. it's
1: great that like Vin because Vin Diesel's the mastermind behind all these movies. Let's 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 be real. Uh, it's it's cool that oh, like yeah. she's still a part of the family and like they, they're bringing her in and and she's you know she's working and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think it would maybe be a little bit more <laughs> believable if you just got rid of that side of the family completely. But because she's still. An integral part of this story, Comes back, yeah. You're you are a you're more kind of self aware of that aspect of the narrative, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, yeah. Like Brian in those movies has always been someone that's been, been very proactive, you know, in 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 the movies and in sort of the 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 heists and the adventures. And you would think, like, yeah, with someone like Dante coming into this narrative, he wouldn't hesitate to sort of threaten Brian, uh, as Mm -hmm. well on, on top of, you know, everybody else. Um, so, uh, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think like there's no easy way to kind of get around it obviously, but at the same time, it's harder to not think about because of that archival footage at the beginning of the movie, and also Jordana Brewster being in the film, and you kind of question that stuff. But oh, she's absolutely. not in it a lot, so you're you're at the same time like the the main focus becomes this weird like late eighties, early nineties like kids movie hangout film with your weird eccentric uncle movie uncle jacob yeah and it it kind of feels almost like you know uncle buck or home alone or something like that and in in this like serious action serious action movie uh but then you have like a kids film in it it as well so that's also very strange
0: it's, it's so weird the tonal shifts are the tonal shifts are so strange because you're right you have this like intense melodrama where i feel like vin diesel believes it's like the most important story ever told on on (laughs) on film and then you have uh this really wacky um kids you like you said kids movie like um in the middle with like this a really bad kid actor and john cena who's also a really bad kid actor and um and it's such a tonal shift from that character in the last movie as well. And now he's goofy uncle and they're going canoeing, but the canoeing's really like a fucking rocket. And it's just like it's so weird. And then you have the intentional kind of cringe comedy with um with like ludicrous and yeah, and with Tyrese with roman ramsey like, and
1: and Tej, right? So
0: yeah. And and you just so that's like the intentional comedy stuff, which is also a different tone than the kids movie tone, which is a different tone than the melodrama. So it's like it's the only movie or franchise that can kind of it doesn't balance any of those things very well but weirdly you just again if you if you're in you're in at this point and you kind of want that like even though i'm i'm thinking the john cena stuff with the kid is like awful i'm kind of like yep this is where we are like i don't know how we got here but sure why not a goofy uncle that was trying to murder his dad like last movie is like all right cool um and then i guess that goes to my other point where you have everyone kind of separated in this movie which they do a lot in franchises every once in a while but Um, and that's, I guess, another problem that I had, even though I like still enjoyed the shit out of the movie. Like, I feel like certain characters just don't have like a ton to do. Um, like, and people show up, I feel like just for setup for other movies, you have, um, uh, 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 fucking well, Shaw well, you show men- up at one point and then, y- um, yeah,
1: you mentioned, so you, so uh, there's, ahead. there are scenes that like, okay, so you have the globe trotting aspect, the, the you know, the, the, the kind of, um, the sequence that takes place in Rio de Janeiro at the beginning, they go back to that at one point you have, um, uh, Roman Ramsey and Tej, uh, and, and, and uh, Han, um, kind of all splitting off uh, afterwards and heading to London. Um, and then you have uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, Letty, who's been captured by Italian authorities and then brought to like a, uh, an unmarked prison, which uh, that title made me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> Antarctica. Uh, but but, but so, like the, so like, the, the like the, uh, like it's called like a, um, uh, like a black ops prison base or something like that. And just like yeah. that title is very Antarctica. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, some of these characters aren't strong enough to support themselves as like smaller groups. You need them to kind of be together in order for the camaraderie to kind of work. You want the family to
0: be together. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so when you have, you know, Roman and Tej bickering back and forth, most of that does not work. Even though I think Han within that group helps it out a little bit because he is just so yeah calm cool and collected that it kind of you know it at least balances some of that stuff out a little bit more than um you know in 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 previous movies where it's like okay guys we get it like this is you know you these are our comedic characters and 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 what have you but it does get a little bit
0: of the same thing every movie right yeah Yeah. and and to your point with uh sung kang as as han like at least he is the driving force in that group that you want to continue. No, no offense to Tej and Roman. They're fine. Like, again, I like them more in the ensemble rather when they're off on their own. Um, but even like the really awful sequence with Pete Davidson, um, where it's not funny at all. It's like a, another, I'm like, why, why, why do we need Pete Davidson and everything? Um, but then you have Han like, Knowingly eating the the laced muffin, which I just like because his thing is always eating something, and I like he's so cool that he just does not give a shit that these are laced with LSD or whatever like that, and he just
1: even his trip out though is anything.
0: Although then, yeah, because
1: I think that that is also a strong like if there is character development or if there is sort of a a, a trait of these characters, what I like about that is that usually you know that kind of comedy in anybody else anybody else would be having like a literal freak out he's just like yeah Yeah. okay let's let's do it and that works because
0: one i want to be a little stoned yeah
1: it's yeah it's but it's also funny not because of the, the 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 horrible graphics or the effects that they use but it's funny because han is so relaxed in general that like when it's happening it's like yeah you don't need to make this a bigger deal than just be like it's happening you know being very nonchalant about the whole thing and and that works but like the pete davidson stuff was like it it reminds you of with hobbs and shaw where you know they were bringing in people like ryan reynolds and kevin hart and and you know having these cameos that don't necessarily fit into you know the film in any real meaningful manner in terms of you know helping move the plot along or, or or bringing in a character that will you know, inspire some additional interest. It's just like, oh, look at The Rock's famous friends coming in to cameo for a scene and, you know, really yuck it up. And they're not that funny. And, you know, I mean, they're I think Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds, even though I'm not really a fan of them either, are funnier than Pete Davidson, who's just kind of one of those guys that it's always like a big kind of like question mark in terms of like, I don't understand his appeal, even though I appreciate, you know, his his very kind of transparent sort of conversations about mental health and and things like that but you know you're watching totally. that scene and you're kind of like well this could have been cut you know this this is a scene that doesn't need to be added into the movie and it's so self indulgent and you know there there are tons of movies that feel more structured when it comes to the whole breaking off of smaller teams i mean you watched lord of the rings you know not too long ago like a big part of that story is dividing and conquering with multiple characters right over the course of you know a a couple of years as they kind of make their their final destination um where you're watching this and part of it feels like okay how much of this is due to covid you know breaking off these smaller groups and having these actors work together and then also how much of this is because of the behind the scenes turmoil with Justin Lin leaving and Louis Leterrier coming in because Michelle Rodriguez even talked about it when she was doing the Dungeons and Dragons uh, press junket and, and tour for, for, for that film where she said the fight scene that that, that she and Charlie Seren have together um, wasn't directed by anybody it was just like a second unit and them you know shooting the scene like
0: but that's like, usually what a second unit does is shooting action sequences no but but there was right, but there right?
1: wasn't a film at that point and you can go and the, it's it's an article in variety and she talks about like having no there was no filmmaker there like there was nobody to oversee it it was literally Theron and Rodriguez directing the scene and so that's another thing where I don't want to be completely critical of Louis Leterrier either with this because it does feel like it is such a generic action movie in a lot of ways and and Leterrier's a, um you know a journeyman director and 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 overall, but I feel like you could probably see some stuff that's like, Oh, well, you know, he's worked with Jason Statham before in the, the, uh, the transporter movies, but there is something about this one that does feel run of the mill almost with, with the action where it's just going through the paces for the most part. And, and I think that's because Justin Lin left. I'm not saying that Justin Lin having, if he had stayed, it would have been any better, but it does feel like Lin has brought something to the franchise, even with Tokyo Drift when he came aboard to direct that. And, you know, you can see his contributions throughout this franchise where watching this movie, it kind of just feels like it's on autopilot for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure, when you bring in a guy partway through filming, like I, I feel like you did a serviceable job i feel like at to me at that point you probably it's vin diesel's movie and you could bring in anyone and and he's the guy in charge so it's like whatever he says goes and i feel like it was going to be the same movie no matter what and i feel like maybe justin lin much like the rock at a point just didn't want to deal with that anymore but who knows um i agree with you that you know action is serviceable but forgettable like i mentioned earlier um quickly what i want to bring up yeah we brought up how everyone is kind of separated i felt like a lot of people didn't have a ton to do like having letty and cypher together like it's just all of it felt kind of like nothing to me like again with it's getting to people to certain places the kind of uh, misleading and and stuff like that, where with this franchise, you know, if you don't literally see a person explode on screen or get (laughs) decapitated or something like that, even they are coming back. So it's just like, and even then that we, (laughs) I wouldn't put it past them. So like having Tej and Roman and, and, and that group kind of explode in the, uh, in the, the ship at the end, and and having things like that, like I just felt like it was a lot of setup, and and you know having Giselle show up to help Cipher and and Letty, you're just like, I, I, you love it because it's ridiculous, but it's just like it, it felt like it took a long time to get there, and this movie very much is, you know, Dom and and Dante. Um, and then you just kind of have people around them. Like the new additions of like Brie Larson, which we mentioned is Mr. Nobody's daughter. Ridiculous. Sure. Why not? Um, felt kind of unnecessary. I missed, uh, uh, Kurt Russell, um, uh we had daniela uh, melchior come in as um the (laughs) sister of of elena which is ridiculous and like there's an amazing uh, scene where where where, i knew i knew you from the i knew you from the minute that i saw your face (laughs) and
1: and and her and her character being like i've got a file on dante that that my sister kept (laughs) And
0: the uh, way that that shot yeah, as well, do. the way that do. that
1: shot, it does look very like soap opera esque or melodramatic in that kind of like lighting where like it's very serious, but the delivery of it is 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 kind of very stagey and and um arch in its um performances and yeah, like it's 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 interesting as well because you have. Vin Diesel, Daniela Melchior, and uh, Pete Davidson, all of which were in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And so, you know, for them to jump from one thing to another, and obviously, you know, both of Who all was the three, third one? Sorry? Uh, Pete Davidson. So Pete Davidson has a small role in Guardians 3. Yeah, apparently. But... Daniela yeah, Melchior and, and Vin Daniela
0: Diesel. I know that. And then yeah, and Vin Diesel. Oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and stupid. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Yeah,
1: and so um, with with those three, it's just kind of funny thinking about like, okay, you go from one franchise to another, and that kind of does feel almost almost algorithmic in its in its casting, where it's like you're just bringing in people that sure. have worked that are either popular in the moment or have worked with this other person before in some capacity. And I really liked um, Daniela Melchior from uh, the suicide squad. I think as Ratcatcher catcher too, she was really good. Um, this and, and, uh, Marlo, um, which was that horrible Liam Neeson, uh, adaptation from earlier this year, um, aren't doing her uh, any favors. Her. So, uh, but, but yeah, it's just interesting where I think like,
0: she's she, fine in this, but like, I, I, there's too many people. There's
1: too many people like even, um, Alan, uh, Richen, Richson, um, who was, uh, Jack Reacher on, on the show and yeah, also Raphael. Richson, yeah. Uh, uh, in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, the Michael Bay produced ones, the Platinum Dune movies. Um, he's oh, actually I didn't know he, that he's kind of fun in his role, especially when you have him in this weird, almost like uh control center when you're introduced to him and Brie Larson's characters. And he talks about like the family kind of being this cult and in a weird way it is. And like, there's that one line where it's like the fallout will be existential. That's actually very funny. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and that's the one time where, where yeah. that self-aware like quality is the there. Role in this, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you can see that as well yeah. because he's this big imposing guy who, you know, the way that they're, sort of structuring his character arc is that he's going to be, you know, against, you know, Vin and the fam until he's not. And then he, you know, even, even the scene on the bridge, when they, they get back to that, it's like, that's when he turns to be a good guy for a minute. And that's very similar to when, you know, the rock begins to see the light, uh, so to speak. So, you know, like they're, 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 they're treading on, on, on familiar turf in a lot
0: of ways. But then the Saw-esque jigsaw reveal (laughs) of him at the end. All I can hear is the... And And the way that it even flashes back and he just like steps into frame. It's incredible. It's just like a retcon of a retcon is is what this franchise is. And I think is the perfect summation uh, of everything that we get. And it's just I want more of it. Like I want... A movie, the third movie from now to go to another movie and show just off frame there was this where, whatever. Um, and then the other one, I, you have Rita Moreno who we forgot to mention too, who shows up as Ab- Abuleta Toretto and it's just like, um, incredible. And then yeah, you have, she's like, just there to Statham, break who bread, shows up as Deckard basically. Stodd, and, so, yeah, 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 it doesn't, it, it's unnecessary, but. Hey, at this point, Rita Moreno in Fast and Furious, like that's just Helen Mirren, itself, so, Jason um, Statham, yeah, all your. It's favorites all set up, here. and and I said to you that if we were mad at Dune, we should probably be mad at Fast Ten because it really leaves you on, you know, with only one third of a movie or half a movie, however we want to view it at the end of this. And I've thought about that more because I leaned down to you and said that and said that to a couple other people. And I said, would we be hypocrites if I, uh, if I say, but I'm like, you know what? This is a soap opera. They've embraced the soap opera where I'm like, the ending is a soap opera ending. It's days of our lives. It's it's any bullshit that's on daytime TV. where at the end of the episode. It's like some crazy thing that's happening. And it's a freeze frame on someone's fucking face. I literally went fuck off. Like when it like went to black and I thought that was going to be the end of the movie. And then there's one more scene, which they should have just ended it on the, on the one before. Um, But it's, it's just so absurd and so silly and it doesn't really have an ending, but it is weirdly like sort of a full story, but then it ends on this ridiculous soap opera, uh, ending where you can't help. But like, again, go out one side and, and, and just be like, you know what? I'm, I'm back in. Do give me the most ridiculous cliffhanger endings that I now have to wait two years for. Um, and I'm sure you haven't even, you're just making this shit up as you go, but it's, you know, I'm here for it. So, um, yeah, like you have the reveals of, like I said, the, the crash, you have John Cena sacrificing himself, dude, when he flips upside down in slow motion to (laughs) sacrifice himself, I almost pissed myself. I was laughing (laughs) so hard. He grabs Um, his
1: necklace, his cross necklace is like,
0: Oh, (laughs) like it's, it's so a character that they, you haven't really earned that from, right? Like he was, he was the villain in the last movie. He redeemed himself a little bit at the end. Um, and then this movie, you have this, you know, yeah. Uncle, uncle Buck kind of, um, uncle uh, Jacob with him. And then he sacrifices, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, and then he sacrifices himself and you know, he's probably not dead. Um, and you, you can't know, kill
1: John Cena. The, you can't kill anybody. That's the other thing that makes Dante not as threatening as a villain. Is that, yeah none of these bad guys can ever successfully kill any of the family members because you know that the writers and you know Vin Diesel uh the true god's eye of uh these films um is going to bring them back and so there's no real suspense or threat there really you know you just kind of have to enjoy how over the top Jason Momoa is and not necessarily be like oh i i'm worried about you know, these main characters now being, you know, Picked off by um, Dante because he really is like the big bad of this entire franchise. You you never feel that way. Like you, you you when you see John Cena sacrifice himself, yeah, you're like, oh, he'll be back in two or three or whatever. Or like Kurt Russell not being around, he'll pop up again. Uh, it, it, death means nothing. Like it, it's like a superhero movie. It really right. does. Yeah, did mean they kill nothing. Kurt
0: Russell off? I forget.
1: Well, they 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 alluded to that that Cena might have killed him. Um, and then with like Han even right with, with, with Deckard with, with Jason Statham's character, it's like it, it, and Letty dying as well in four and then having amnesia and coming back as a villain. So like none of that (laughs) stuff makes any sense, but it's also, it takes you out of the movie in that you don't worry about any of these people. They're all going to be fine. They're all fine. Everybody is good. You're here to hang out with family, have some barbecues, listen to some Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, uh, which is I think one of the other funny things is that learning in this universe, Mark Wahlberg exists. And it seems to be an ongoing joke with John Cena because it's also – it was also referenced in uh, Trainwreck when uh, he's on a date with Amy yeah. Schumer, and the one guy's like, "Oh, he looks like if Mark Wal- uh Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg, you know." Um, so, like stuff like that. Like none of this, none of it is. There's no consequences to any of the actions. Uh, fatalism is not real <laughs> in these movies. Uh, there's more. There's more of a threat in Marvel films, I think, than there is in in anything else. And yeah, John Cena is bad in this, and it's unfortunate because he was so good in, in Peacemaker and it's like, Oh, like maybe he'll bring, maybe he learns something from that experience and he'll bring a little bit more to Jacob. But yeah, it just kind of feels like, okay, we're redeeming this character way too quickly because we've got to get to this point by the end of the narrative and sacrifice him and have it be meaningful. And so when you're watching these characters, interact with each other and evolve. Like even Roman wanting to be a leader and taking responsibility for, you know, the botched operation that, um, you know, he put everybody through. Like it's it doesn't really have any true meaning. The only stuff that's funny and amazing is Vin Diesel talking to little B. And, you know, it's like, you gotta find the line, you gotta feel the car and you gotta fly. <laughs> and you're just like, no father <laughs> ever talks like car. this <laughs> ever. It's, <laughs> it's so amazing. Funny. It's amazing.
0: Uh, it's amazing. So anyways, five out of five, perfect film. Um, I, I love it dearly. Uh, no, if I'm being serious, I, 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 it's so hard to even give this movie like a star rating. I think it's so subjective. If you're in, you're in like in my heart. Is it five stars? Yeah, because I fucking loved every second about it. Um, Like objectively, is it a good movie? No. So then you fall <laughs> somewhere in the middle where I'm, I'm still going to be pretty generous where I still enjoyed the hell out of the movie. I had little problems of how they separated people. Some of the action sequences just feels like it's in a blender and shot out the other side. And it's the same thing as the last four movies. And, you know, some of the comedy doesn't work. Some of the unintentional comedy is some of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So like it's, it's all over the place, but uh, uh, Dante is one of the most memorable characters uh, in franchise history in this franchise's history. Um, And uh, I think Jason Momoa does such an amazing job. I just enjoyed uh, the absolute hell out of this. I like the, I like that they find a way of adding street racing back into every single movie. Like There's the staples that you want from a Fast and Furious movie of like a ridiculous action scene, a street racing scene, character returns, character deaths. Um, it's just all so silly, and I love it so much. So I'm going to give the movie a four, which is being very generous, but um, I think that's just because I just enjoy the shit out of these movies, and I'm not ashamed to say that. And that's
1: fine. I, I think like if you gave this movie one star or five stars or anywhere in between, you're right it, either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it is all subjective. But I think with something like this, it, it can just, you know, be it can the, the 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 rating can be just across the board. You can you can give it whatever you want. And it would still be a valid uh, criticism or response to what this movie is. Because again, if you're getting into this for the love of corona, for the love of barbecues, the love of these characters that we've come to know and enjoy time, you know, spending time with, then hey, you know what, like that's that's what you're getting, even though it, you know, the separation of it does work against it a little bit. But you know, if it's part one of three movies, that's <laughs> supposed to be an end gap or why not? But then at the same time, if you're looking from from the perspective of Okay, well, what is this doing in terms of of you know playing within the action genre, and is this adding anything new or interesting? It doesn't have to be reinventing the wheel. Uh, it can just be fun. And I didn't find any of the action fun, and I found it to be a bit of a slog. And the other thing that I really didn't mention that I think is a problem with this movie in particular, and and some of the other ones. It looks ugly at times. It really looks like a lot of augmented um, post production and kind of washed out or faded uh, blue screen that's kind of been shot, you know, in and around locations. And when you see certain shots, it does look like you know somebody was in a studio, baby. (laughs) But but I think that that kind of works against (laughs) it when you do have some of these beautiful locations that are are shot in camera, and then you look at like you know, within the same sequence, this gorgeous, you know, historical monument in, in Rome, and then it cuts to, you know, someone popping outside of a tank and the the you know the horizon <laughs> line just looking yeah. so awful with like the blending of the light. It just it's it's terrible. It's ugly looking. Um so I'm giving it a two. Uh and and it is I think one of the worst films in the franchise, but that's also because fast five is one of the best. And you're reminded of that constantly of how good a movie that is. Uh, And it does not live up to fast five in any way, with the exception of Jason Momoa having so much fun and winning you over and He's, he, he's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, he's been put in a lot of heroic roles, but between this and another movie, that's not very good, but he's actually a lot of fun in, which is, um, bullet to the head, the Sylvester Stallone movie, where he kind of plays a villain similar, where he's very charismatic and kind of likable, even though he's a sociopath. Um, you kind of think that like, oh, maybe he should do this kind of stuff like Dave Batista is where he plays against, you know, the, the, the the type that he's been sort of portrayed as or or, or marketed as, because I think he's more interesting as a flamboyant but charismatic villain than he is a good guy. You know, even the Bad Batch, he's he's more interesting because he's not, he's an anti-hero, but he's still you know, a villain to a certain degree. And, and that's kind of like the reverse version of like someone like Rucker Hauer, who in, you know, after Blade Runner was always cast as the villain, but then any, every once in a while you'd get a blind fury or wanted dead and a lot dead or alive. And then they would, he would play a good guy and his Mm -hmm. good guy was weirder because it was like, it was kind of like, are you a good guy? You are a good guy, but you're, you're weird for a good guy. And that's interesting. You know,
0: I agree. Um, I mean, even, like with his uh you know on game of thrones he played a bad guy right yeah. like um so i think like and then after the the break like i mean he did stuff before game of thrones obviously but yeah he was in stargate sg1 there.
1: and yeah
0: um yeah that breakout there then he started getting you know those hero kind of roles and i'm totally with you like i i want more of this from him like he he is so charismatic but I think he can use that charisma in a way, like in this movie, where you're playing something, not even against type, but like something a little weirder or, you know, more of a villain role or just something uh, more than your kind of typical hero. You know, he's put in that Aquaman box now, too, right? And uh, uh, you're hoping, you know, whatever they do with him after the next one. But uh, I think he's great in this. And he is the standout thing. Like, again, I give the movie a four. Am I really going to, you know, I, i'm sure in years time when this franchise is finally sunset like am i gonna go back and go fuck which one was that yeah probably but that's again part of the charm it's just it's just the fast saga now at this point they're all the same thing it's just chapters of a long soap opera so i'm here for it uh eric i had fun doing this uh this was a blast i'm so uh glad to uh be back doing this so uh thank you uh, for being patient with me and thanks for holding down the fart while I was gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> please go check out uh, those interviews Eric did over on uh untitled movie podcast. And that will be the channel where Eric and I uh, get back and just talk about uh, life and movies and things like that. So we will have a new episode probably early next week um, that Eric and I will record uh, this weekend or sometime soon. Uh, I will talk about, you know, it, again, if you're you're probably not new to this show at this point. If you listen to us for an hour about Fast and Furious, or maybe you are. But uh, I took some time off the last couple of months, and I will talk about uh, that because I like sharing, and it's part of you know, my therapy. Essentially, is just like I like getting it out and telling you guys. Uh, for people who are so generous to listen to us, of why I had to take a couple months off, but. Um, I'm excited to be excited about movies again, even if they are as silly as fast X or, uh, a nice Canadian gem in Blackberry or part of my favorite stupid franchise, like the MCU. So those movies have slowly gotten me back into being excited for movies again. And I'm starting to look on the calendar. Okay. Spider-Verse is coming up. Okay. XYZ is coming up. Like I'm excited for the summer movie season and, and those few movies, um, got me there so um we'll be back soon with new episodes of the untitled movie podcast we'll have reviews up i would love to talk about blackberry i think it was a blast i would love to talk about guardians we'll see uh no promises on anything we're going to try to keep up with the new releases but if we have the energy and the time we'll go back and do some of those things that we missed um and like I said, we'll probably hear about the other movies that I didn't see during my time off uh, on the main show. I'm sure I'll talk about when I finally see Bo is Afraid and, and Dungeons and Dragons and Tetris and uh, Super Mario Brothers. We haven't really even talked about because uh, uh, I've been off. So things like that. So um, I'm excited to kind of to- talk about all that stuff. So anyways, I'm rambling at this point. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Um, You can follow me on all those social medias. Twitter is still around. So I'm still there uh, at Matt Roarbeck and all those other ones.
1: And I'm Eric Marchin. As Matt said, there's a few interviews with Ari Aster for, was afraid Matt Johnson for uh Blackberry uh which there's some teenage mutant ninja turtle talk in there uh you have Matt Ruskin for uh Boston Strangler and most recently uh Sean Gunn for Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3 and yeah it was really nice of you Matt to continue to you know post them and make the graphics and everything and uh yeah just it's 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 fun getting to talk to other people about movies and about what they've made. But it's also, you know, having done this, it was, you know, it had been a while. It was just a really nice reminder uh, of how fun uh, talking about movies is with you. And, um, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, we we now go at a pace that feels like it's not going to exhaust either one of us and that we just enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. You know, we, we demand, we're demanding of ourselves because we want to do the best job we possibly can, but there's a difference between perfection and just also enjoyment. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing and feeling like, you know, overwhelmed by everything, sometimes you need to stop and really work on yourself and take a break. And it's hard to do that in this space because everything is about instant gratification and getting something up as soon as possible and always kind of turning the wheel and, and moving to the next thing. So it can be hard to kind of get away from that or pull yourself away from it. And, you know, I applaud you for being so open and honest, but also just taking time for yourself, because I think that that's really, really important.
0: Yeah. Thanks for everyone sending me, you know, well wishes and things on social, social, I'm never fishing for that kind of stuff. It just helps me when I'm open on things, you know, I'm very open with my family and friends personally, but also I've made a lot of friendships online and, and, um, through the show and, you know i know people have asked about me and and uh and i've just kind of disappeared for a couple months so uh but i'm doing all right i'm going to play some zelda i'm going to chill i'm going to watch some movies it's going to be a good time so i can't wait to uh talk more so two for weekend baby uh, you do oh yeah we're just you know what better way to make our comeback than a friday night on a long weekend where no one will pay attention (laughs) so (laughs) it's just at least in the u.s it's not a it's not a holiday but it's like the worst time to dump news it's why the toronto maple leafs like let go of their general manager today and they're just like you know what bad news friday before a long weekend no one's paying attention just put it there uh matt and eric were like what better time to after months of not podcasting to put up a new review of a, of a movie, but uh, it'll be up here. You know, you're, you're already listening to this. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye. See you next time. (laughs)